Good morning. My name is PK. I have been a member here since 2019 to do the pastoral residency. Uh, and I was recently on staff as a pastoral assistant to Neil, who was just playing the electric. Uh, and uh, currently, I'm working for Province Portland as an oncology nurse. And a year ago, this is where I said my wedding vows. And, and so it's my one-year anniversary to Hannah. And so <laughs> thrilled, joyful, and grateful to um, bring a message from God's Word this morning. And I want to begin with an observation that singing, it's everywhere. You know, from TV shows like American Idol to The Voice to your favorite Broadway musicals, singing is everywhere. Uh, from YouTube uh, sensations doing covers to the songs that you love listening to Spotify or radio, or CDs, if you still have CDs. I still do. Uh, and singing is just all over the place. Uh, but the question is, why do people sing? Uh, better yet, why do you sing? Why do you sing? Uh, perhaps some of you sing to remember. So kids in the room, you probably learned your ABCs to the tune of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Uh, to uh, maybe some of the older kids, maybe you're learning the human anatomy, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and toes. So we sing to remember. Uh, maybe you sing to celebrate. Uh, every year, there is a birthday. You get one year older, and we sing. And if you know it, sing with me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Stephen Moody, if you're here. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. His birthday was this last week. Uh, maybe you sing to express your emotions. And now all of us, if we're honest, maybe in the shower or by yourself in your car, you sing out loud your favorite tunes to get it out. Perhaps you also sing to express unity. You know, seeing the star-spangled banner the, at a baseball game or a sports game. Uh, there are many reasons why you sing. And this morning, our passage will answer that question of why do you sing? So I invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 98. It can be found in the Black Pew Bibles on page 500. 26. And if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, the chapter numbers are the big numbers and the verse references are the smaller numbers. That's going to be helpful as we go through our psalm here. And as you turn there, uh, just to zoom out a little bit with the book of Psalms, it's 150 psalms into five sections. It, it's a hymnal of sorts, uh, a compilation album, if you will. Uh, you have songs, and so these psalms are uh, characterized with, you know, you have praise psalms, thanksgiving. Uh, you have psalms of confession and psalms uh, of laments. Sometimes we know who the uh, authors are, and sometimes we don't, and sometimes they are individual, and sometimes they are corporate. But these psalms, they are songs for the soul uh, to give expression of trust and praise to our God. And our scripture this morning in Psalm 98 finds its context in the midst of 
praise psalms, uh, particularly praising the Lord as king. And one structural note uh, before I read this passage is that the uh, praise psalms in particular, they have a pattern. There's a call to worship and a cause for worship. Uh, In other words, there is a what and there is a why. So listen carefully as I read. Listen for the structure as I read this psalm. So follow along with me. Listen as I read Psalm 98. A psalm. Sing a new song to the Lord, for he has performed wonders. His right hand and holy arm have won him victory. The Lord has made his victory known. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen our God's victory. Let the whole earth shout to the Lord. Be jubilant. Shout for joy and sing. Sing to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the melodious song. With trumpet blast and the blast of the ram's horn, shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord, our King. Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains shout together for joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world righteously and the peoples fairly. This is the word of the Lord. The main idea of this psalm that I want to persuade you of is sing to the king. Sing to the king. And we'll break that down into two points. Sing to the king for he saves in verses 1 to 3. And sing to the king for he will return in verses 4 to 9. So in our first point here, sing to the king for he saves Uh, Look with me again in verse 1. We have the call to praise, sing a new song to the Lord. But why? We have many reasons in verses 1 to 3. For he has performed wonders. He has won victory. The Lord has made his victory known, revealed his righteousness. He remembered his love for his peoples. There are so many reasons why the psalmist is calling the people to sing. And a few things to notice in our passage here, if you look with me in verses 1 to 3 again, uh, look at the repetition of the word victory. Verse 1, won him victory. Verse 2, made his victory known. And verse 3, our God's victory. It's the Lord's victory. Uh, It's not the power of the people, but it's in the power of the Lord. It's in his sovereign right hand and his holy arm that wins victory. It's the Lord. Uh, Three times we see this. I mean, one would be sufficient. Two would be an emphasis, but three, there's a superlative nature of God's victory is the root of singing. Uh, But notice also this victory when it happened If you notice all of the verb tenses here, it's has made, has performed, has remembered. It's all in the past. It's what the Lord has done in the past, his saving, redemptive work. And I think the victory here in view is uh, what happened with the people of Israel in Exodus, Uh, particularly that God rescued his people out of the house of slavery, out of Egypt, and brought them to the promised land. 
That's the Lord's doing. Uh, you know, in Exodus 13, it's the st- that Israel would stand and see the salvation of the Lord. It's the Lord's victory. He's winning. He is faithful to his people. Uh, that's what the capital L-O-R-D is in our passage. It's the covenant, covenant-keeping God. The Lord is victorious, and the Lord has done this. And, and third here, uh, we see the recipient of his loving kindness. Uh, look with me again in verse 3. It's to the house of Israel. But notice the context. It's in verse 2, in the sight of the nations and all the ends of the earth. God's covenant-keeping love, his love is for his people, Israel. His eyes are set. I mean, this is PDA right here, public display of affection. The watching world is looking and seeing that the Lord cares and loves and gives himself for his people. The Lord's acts in the Old Testament context was a come and see. And this psalm functions as a call to praise for Israel. They are to remember the covenant-keeping Lord who is victorious. They are to praise him alone. And this is the pattern for us today. For then and there, God's redemptive act was central. But for us, it's the victory we have in the gospel Uh, It's the victory, brothers and sisters in Christ, we sing to the Lord because this passage finds its fulfillment in Jesus who came, that out of God's loving kindness and faithfulness sends his son, that Jesus, the Lord, takes initiative to win victory, puts on flesh to be like us, where we cause the problem of sin. Jesus comes be victorious. Uh, Not only that, but Jesus is perfectly righteous. He's the one who is perfect as the heavenly father is perfect. Jesus died on the cross, nailing our sin on that cross. And not only that, but three days later, Jesus reigns victorious, defeating sin, that Christ has defeated sin that Christ defeated death, that Christ has conquered Satan. I mean, this is the victory we have in Christ. And not only that, Jesus ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. Oh, you sit down only when victory is done. And Jesus did that. Jesus achieved and accomplished salvation for us And this victory is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you know yourself not to be a Christian, uh, we are so glad that you are here. So happy that you'll be able to join us uh, this morning at our church. Uh, And if you notice, this psalm is an invitation for you to respond. The watching world, the ends of the earth have seen God's victory. You have just heard of the victory found in the Lord Jesus Christ. So would you respond in turning to him? Turn to the Lord who is victorious. And rather than praising and serving yourself, praise him. Praise the Lord who is victorious. If you want to know more, uh, feel free to talk to me after the service. Uh, If you came with a friend, talk to that person and, and, and ask them about what it would look like to turn 
to Jesus as Lord, to turn to him and live a life praising him. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I think a, a point of application here is in, in these, this first stanza here, uh, the shape and the content of the songs that we sing is rooted in the gospel. It's rooted in the victory of Christ. So uh, we should sing songs that exalt Jesus. Singing songs that are about his character, of his righteousness, his love, and his kindness towards us. I think, brothers and sisters in Christ, that we could reflect deeply upon the depths of the gospel. Uh, Singing songs that highlight who he is and what he's done. Simply put, we sing the word. I think one of the application points here practically is to sing. Uh, Maybe in your devotional time as a spiritual discipline, uh, I I hope uh, by God's grace that you are uh, reading the word and you are praying the word. And I I hope we can also sing the word. I just want to encourage you to sing the truths of God's word. Now, I will be honest, it is weird to sing by yourself. I've been using uh, Be Thou My Vision by uh, Jonathan Gibson, and what he does is it's just a guide on, uh, you know, prayers, scripture readings, uh, some questions and answers, and he includes singing. And it is a little bit weird to sing the doxology by yourself, but over this past few weeks, I've noticed that uh, singing the word has kind of this uh, a reorientation effect. Uh, in some senses, it's like a GPS, right? This Siri is telling you, redirect, redirect. Or, or a piano tuner tuning a piano to, to recalibrate. And I think that's what seeing these truths does. Uh, they reorient our hearts with truth and emotion back to the Lord. Uh, we sing to the Lord to remember. I think, furthermore, this has application for us corporately. Look with me again in verse 3. It's, have seen our God's victory. Uh, So it's a corporate element in singing to the Lord. Uh, So I just want to address the families in this room here uh, to consider uh, including a song uh, to sing in your family devotional time. Uh, I, I think this is a great way to disciple Uh, yourselves and your kids on the instruction of the Lord uh, to remember the victory found in Christ. I think this is a great way. I think small groups, this is another great way that uh, to include songs. And it doesn't have to be the whole song. You could sing a chorus, sing the doxology, if you will. I think this is great ways to incorporate. And I think in the church context, uh, of of course, we sing in the congregational singing time. uh, But if you're new I just want to encourage uh, that uh, we do sing a lot of different songs here at Hinson. And when I first came here, uh, it would be a good Sunday if I knew one song and maybe like the melody of a second song. Uh, We sing a lot of different kinds of songs here. Uh, But I think this reflects uh, a little bit of the database that we should have that when trials and tribulations come, we have a lot of songs to highlight who Jesus is, his faithfulness, his righteousness, his care for us. I, I think there are so many uh, attributes of the Lord that we could sing the depths of. 
Uh, and, and so I just want to encourage you, especially if you're struggling to navigate these new songs or navigate um, songs that are maybe to a new tune, I just want to encourage you that these songs will function like anchors for you, anchors to hold you fast, anchors to remind you of the victory we have in Christ. Uh, so practically, just to help you out here, if, if you have your bulletin, um, you have a list of songs right there, about five songs. So maybe this week, uh, look back at those songs. Uh, consider, you know, memorizing one of those songs. Consider singing that song throughout the week. Uh, just to remember these glorious truths to sing to the king. Uh, you know, and I think this is uh, another example in the church context that as we sing these songs together to the Lord, it's participatory. I mean, we do have a band leading us, but the music team is, is joining all of us as a congregation, that we are the choir. We, the church, sing together in one voice, praising the Lord. Uh, that we are the recipients of God's victory. And I, I think this helps us to sing to the Lord, but it also reminds us of who our God is. So why do you sing? Well, one reason is to sing to the king for what he has done in his saving work. And in our second point, we'll look at singing to the king for his return. So if you want to look with me again in verses 4 to 9, uh, remember again in verses 1 to 3, we saw that pattern of a call to praise and a reason why to praise. We're going to see that same pattern in our second stanza. So follow along with me as I read again. Uh, just the call to praise here in verses 4 to 8 here. Let the whole earth shout to the Lord. Be jubilant. Shout for joy and sing. Sing to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and melodious song. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout triumphantly in the presence of the Lord, our King. Let the sea and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it, resound. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains shout together for joy before the Lord. So I want to pause here and just look at the call to praise here. Verses 4 to 6, we, we see this, the psalmist is calling the world to shout. The world to sing. It's an invitation, a summoning. And again, verse 7 to 8, the psalmist double-clicks on that call and, and invites even the creation, the rivers and the mountains, to give praise to the Lord. All people, all creation are invited to praise the Lord, the King. Before I go into the why, I just want to pause here that this is, a, this is why I think you know, all created things are giving praise to something. Mount Hood, the Willamette River, all of these created things are glorious and wonderful, but they reveal the fact that there is a creator, a creator worthy of praise, a creator who is creative in his work. And so if you do not trust and follow Jesus, I, I just want to probe here a, a few questions of what, what are you praising? I mean, the psalmist here reveals that the creation is, is praising the Lord, the King. What are you, pra what are you praising? Uh, what 
takes up your time? What consumes your energy and your money? Is it yourself or is it God? And I think this is an invitation for you to praise someone greater than yourself, namely the Lord our King. Sisters and brothers in Christ, I think this is a call, an invitation to sing to the Lord. But why? Why? What is the reason? And verse 9 gives us that reason. Look with me again. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world righteously and the peoples fairly. The Lord is coming. He will return. And what is he going to do? He's going to judge the earth, judge the world righteously. And so we have to ask, well, what is that judging? And I think what's in view of this judgment is the king, the Lord, is exercising his reign and rule that the king will restore what sin has broken, to right every wrong. You know, this is the future judgment that gives hope that in the return of the Lord, Jesus will come back again to wipe every tear away. That pain will be no more the, the, the sickness and the illness that you are experiencing will be wiped away. The mental illness, the brain fog will be gone. The future hope that Jesus will return. There will be a day when the bodies will be resurrected. There will be a day when faith will be turned to sight. I mean, this is the return of Christ the King that we Sing. We should sing to the Lord because of these truths. And I think in terms of application, this should inform the return of Christ, informs how we sing. I think one aspect that we see in our passage is we sing to the Lord with beauty. Uh, Notice uh, notice again here in uh, verse 5, we see we sing to the Lord with the lyre and melodious song, and even creation in verse 8 is clapping. These are all just adornments to the singing to our king. In other words, uh, yes and amen. We should be word people. We should be about the truth. The songs that we sing should have the content filled with truth. But I I think the psalmist wants to adorn the king with beauty, with instrumentation, with strings, with clapping. And I think... This is a highlighting that our king is worthy of beautiful things. Uh, to, to our creatives in the room, I mean, this is why, you know, when we hear songs that are beautiful, it, it makes us move in such a way. Our emotions are tethered uh, to the song in such a way. I, I think this is another way that we see that it is fitting for the king to be adorned with with all of the glorious things uh, that God has gifted us with. Uh, So make beautiful things. Uh, Make songs that are pleasing to the ear. Uh, And I I think uh, in another translation here, it's making a joyful noise. It's not a make a perfect noise. Uh, This is not a performance, but it is a joyful noise here. And, And I think this is pleasing to the Lord. And I think one of the ways that to illustrate this is, um, you know, for proms or weddings or big events, 
uh, you know, the gals in the room, you know, you guys put makeup and you look all beautiful because the context is the event. Uh, you don't show up to the prom in your pajamas. And, and I think this is what is honoring to the king and is appropriate to the king, the coming king, is we honor and give appropriate adornment to the Lord. Think, sisters and brothers in Christ, this is a great way to celebrate the coronation of King Jesus as he returns. So as we see, as we say, come Lord Jesus, come, we want to give great praise to him. Uh, but not only do we sing to the king, for he returns with beauty and adornment, but we also do so with joy. And if you look with me again in verses 4 to 8, uh, uh, 4 and 8, sorry, we see in, in verse 4, shout for joy, and then verse 8, the mountains shout together for joy. The fruit of joy is rooted in the coming reign of Jesus Christ. Joy is the mark, a characteristic of our singing. Uh, in verse, verse 4 again, be jubilant. The, this singing should have energy, volume. Uh, th there should be a loudness. You know, we're not in the library when we sing to the Lord. It's more like a soccer game. When you see a goal score, everyone goes crazy. It's loud. It's wild. We're not the frozen chosen. Brothers and sisters, we're the ecstatic elect. There should be an exuberance, an energy to our singing with joy. Uh, so, and let, let's just be honest and real here. Uh, sometimes we don't always feel that, right? We don't always feel the energy and the joy. And I think that's okay. I mean, clearly throughout the scriptures and then throughout the Psalms, we have uh, different expressions, uh, whether that's lamenting or thanksgiving. Uh, we weep with those who weep. But I do think that uh, this joy, of, this expression of joy here, you know, we don't want to just muster our own strength. You don't just tell yourself to be joyful. Now, you experience Christ. And I think to illustrate this point is, uh, you know, this past uh, February for my birthday, I had uh, Wagyu beef for the first time. And, you know, the, there's the marbling, and, you know, I always say that uh, the samurai made, massaged the cow with uh, their samurai swords, and, and when they cook this Wagyu beef, it's just amazing, and it just melts in your mouth. I don't need to tell myself, be joyful as I eat this. Be joyful. No, you experience the Wagyu, and, and you respond. And I think that's the same way with joy. It's rooted not in yourself. It's, it's not rooted in something you, you know, muster up by your own strength. But it's rooted in Christ. It's rooted in communion with the Lord, our King. It's remembering that the Lord is going to return and let those truths store in your heart, uh, you know, like firewood burning deeply to stoke up your affections for the Lord. I think that's the kind of joy that is rooted in Christ, the coming King. Uh, you, know, I, you know, this is uh, the reason why we sang uh, earlier, Joy to the World. Uh, Isaac Watts, he was inspired by this psalm uh, because he was understanding that the Lord is coming to rule with truth and grace when every injustice will be vindicated. See, everlasting joy is coming when Christ 
comes again in the renewing of this, the heavens and the earth. That's the joy that we're, is awaiting us. But we experience that even now. We rehearse this week in and week out. Uh, earlier in the service, we heard Revelation 5, that the peoples and the elders and, and all creation is worshiping King Jesus on the throne. That's what we're waiting for, the return of Jesus. And, and, and everyone is singing together, and we rehearse this truth as we sing to the Lord our King in joy, ready and awaiting. And I, I just want to say, brothers and sisters in Christ, this is, it's been a joy to sing with you week in and week out for the last four years uh, as we await Jesus. You have encouraged me in your singing uh, with joy. And so we come back to what, where we began in the sermon here. Why do you sing? Our great God is worthy of our praise, for he saves. He's worthy of our praise, for he will return. And as we go forth, he's worthy of our singing. And I want to close us with a, with a poem that, that I wrote this week. Sing to the king who is sovereign over everything. Sing to the king who conquered Satan and sin. Sing to the king who is our refuge under his wings. Sing to the king who will come again. And we all say, Jesus wins. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name. We praise you for you rule and reign in your righteous judgment. You are our God who rescued us. And so we pray that as we go forth this week, reignite our affections and our hearts towards you. As we go forth this week, uh, let us sing to you, Lord, knowing that, God, you are victorious and you are coming again. And so, Lord, we ask that all the things that we do this week would be pleasing to you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.